feeling that beat, you guys. Thank you for tuning in to Real Talking with Little Mama, Chicana Style. Now, the beat is not the only thing that's fire in this podcast, you guys, because in this podcast, we talk about every topic, anything and everything life. There is a little bit of Spanglish involved, and of course, you get that little sprinkle of spice, that Chicana's perspective. That's me, you guys. I'm your host, Little Mama. I'm Chicana. I have Mexican and Guatemalan descended, accented roots, you guys. But of course, I was born in the U.S. of A. So I like to bring all that flavor and all that culture and just mix it up into what becomes a beautiful Chicana style podcast. So go follow me at Instagram at Real Talking with Little Mama. Submit any topics you'd like me to cover throughout my weekly podcast drops, and I will try to incorporate or theme an episode around your topic. So without any further ado, mi gente, let's jump in. Happy Friday. I hope you guys have been having a great week so far, counting your blessings and just having a great, great time right now because, hey, it's Friday and we made it, right? Shoot. Um, thank you for tuning in, guys. I apologize I didn't post last week. Life got crazy, as y'all can relate, um, but here I am, and we is ready to dig into this week's episode, which is on a little bit more feminine, feminine side, um, and only because, I mean, men are more than welcome to tune in, maybe getting some insight as to, like, I call it pregnancy crazy, uh, that your wifey can experience after having a baby, um, and if you haven't already figured it out, yes, we are talking about postpartum anxiety, depression, not exactly like postpartum, like healing after a C-section or natural birth. No, we're getting into the psychological craziness, which I call crazy, of postpartumness, y'all. And, and it's real and it exists and... um. I've personally experienced it, um, which is why I kind of felt like I could relate a little bit um, to the topic just because of my persona and the way that I mentally and psychologically see certain things. I have to say, like, my postpartum anxiety completely, like, completely knocked me on my ass y'all it, it, it is real the struggle is real I wouldn't even wish that on my worst enemy that's how crazy it really was for me um so without any further ado let, let's jump into this hot topic of postpartum anxiety which is also referred to as PPA or postpartum depression which is also referred to as PPD um now I can't say from a personal perspective I know too much about like postpartum depression 
uh, I don't feel that I had that exactly. And um, throughout the podcast, you'll kind of hear about why I didn't feel I had depression. Um, but I can certainly say I had postpartum anxiety. And man, did that take like years for me to recover from. Um, it's, it's the damnest thing. It really is. It's It just amazes me how you know, you don't really think about it, but having a baby really does affect everything aside from, you know, obviously your physical changes, but, um, you know, psychological, mental, emotional, like it it is just insane. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, let let me, let me backtrack a little bit. So, uh, as y'all know, I have three kids. Um, my first two were boys and I have to say other than like the normal, you know, nausea that you feel in the first trimester. For the most part, everything went really well. Um, my first pregnancy was, or labor was C-section. And then I really fought to have my second one natural. And thank God, no complications. Everything came out okay. Um, my third pregnancy, though, I mean, I, I have to tell you guys, this is not related you know what? I mean, you never know. It could be related. But I have to tell you guys the story of the birth of my little girl, of my princess, the light of my life. Um, she has by far not only been the most complicated labor I've ever experienced, the entire recovery, the the postpartum anxiety all stemmed after birth from that beautiful little girl and whoo I mean you talk about traumatized I don't want no more kids after that like none um and I'm really striving to keep it that way because that's how traumatized I really am now if the good lord blesses me with another kid despite my trauma um I'll take it but my point is I'm trying really hard not to let it get there (laughs) uh but let, let me tell you guys why So the day that my daughter was supposed to um, be born, uh, actually it was the 24 hours before. So the day before my actual due date that the doctors had given me, I started to experience um, cramping, you know, like some some labor cramps, which is normal, right? Um, I wasn't exactly sure it was for real labor because I had had those uh, Braxton Hicks, if I'm calling it right, which is essentially like the fake um, labor cramps. They're not real. Uh, Well, they are real. Let me take that back. The pain is real, right? But you're not dilating. So essentially, it's kind of like a tease, a bad tease because it hurts. Um, And I had experienced that. So I thought, well, this could be that again. Let's Let's see how these uh, cramps progress. And then from there, I'll see if I really am in labor. Um, So it was around, uh, I went to sleep feeling my cramps. So I thought, okay, I might be finally experiencing some kind of like sign that I'll be going, I'm having my contractions. I don't know. I was still skeptical. So I went to sleep, but I had to say, I woke up like around 5 a.m. in the morning And uh, what woke me was the fact that I was having chills. So, um, and I'm waking up my husband after a while and I'm like, babe, you know, I cannot stop shaking. It's abnormal. I don't feel right. Um, 
long story short, we end up going to the hospital um, in emergency because I called the like uh, 24 hour nurse line and she advised that I go to the emergency right away. Um, so I go and um, long story short from that, it turned out that I was experiencing some kind of infection. They didn't know if it was viral, bacterial, what it was, but I was like a they were calling trauma two doctors to come and check me out because they needed every doctor to assess what it was that was going on with me. Um, I didn't know it at that time, but my daughter's heart rate inside my belly was so high that the computer monitor machine that they generally like put around your belly to track a baby's heart rate couldn't even read it. That's how high her heart rate was. So that's why doctors were freaking out. Um, well, after all, like this testing and stuff, I go into the room and they tell me, you know, we're going to give you an hour to see where you dilate. If you don't like dilate or start to contract as quickly as we'd like it to, we're going to have to take you into an emergency C-section just because the baby's heart rate is so high. We can't keep waiting, um, but we'll keep monitoring her. And I said, okay, um, well, I, I had to say like maybe an hour, just like they said, um, I wasn't dilating fast enough for them. In fact, I hadn't dilated at all in that last hour. Uh, so they told me they need to prep me for emergency C-section just because they couldn't wait anymore. Again, I was starting to develop a fever, I guess, and the baby's heart rate was still really high. Um, so from there, uh, we're moving into C-section. Uh, I had a C-section. Thank God baby was okay. I eventually recovered. To this day, they don't know what in the heck it was that made me um, have an infection. They did so much testing on me, on my blood, on the baby, um, on the placenta that they take out. I mean, they you name it, they did the test for it. And everything came out normal. The only thing that came out slightly elevated was my white cell blood count. Um, but they said that was normal because I had an infection. They just didn't know what. Um, well, anywho, uh, it was, it was a scary, it was a scary time. I even had to take like a special kind of uh, epidural to numb my body for the C-section because they couldn't actually stick the, the normal epidural needle in my nerve the way they generally would have, because they were afraid that if I had an infection, uh, it can travel through my blood system and go into my brain. And then I essentially could lose my life. So there was a lot going on at the time and I was starting to go through contractions. I was, I think like five centimeters dilated by the time I actually went in to my emergency C-section. So my, my brain was exhausted. You know, I was going through all this pain. I couldn't take epidural and I love epidural for those listening, those ladies that know I'm tired. I love epidural. Okay. You give it to me right away. And so I'm chill the entire labor. Like I don't even care. I am not one of those, like trying to be this strong mama, these fighters, these organic, I want natural birth. No, give me that epidural the moment you can give it to me. That was me. Um, so here I was, and no epidural. I'm freaking out because I have no idea what's going on. They hadn't exactly told me much at that point. All I know is that now I'm going into emergency C-section. So 
you can imagine I'm exhausted. I haven't had a good night's rest. You know, I'm developing a fever, you know, my baby. Like there's a lot that's going through your mind that you get to a point as a as a woman in labor that you're just not even you're there, but you're not there. Like the pain consumes your thoughts and you're just so fogged with with exhaustion and everything else. Like you just don't even care anymore. You're like, yes, let's do it. Let's get this over with. So that's what we did, emergency C-section, and again, baby came out okay, my little princess is gorgeous, and then, of course, I came out okay, this mama bear, we came out okay. Um, Now, recovery was a little bit rough. I was older than the last, I was actually 10 years older than the last time I had had a C-section before. So let me tell y'all ladies, uh, 10 years makes a big difference on your body, especially if you have lost your athleticism, if you've lost your activeness. Um, so um, this time around, my body was feeling the C-section. I was feeling the cut, you guys. It, it sucked. Um, I can't say I, I still know people who've had worse conditions than me, but it was still pretty bad. Like it took me at least three weeks before I can finally like start walking around the house normally. I mean, I didn't need help taking a shower or anything, um, but it was still bad. It was longer than last time. Last time I was up like the first 72 hours. So this was a, a real um, uh, hard pill for me to swallow this time around. I kept thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, come on, body, snap out of it. You can do it. Like, kill yourself. Like, heal, not kill y'all. Sorry. Heal, heal yourself, you know? Um, so here I was recovering and everything was going good with baby at home. Other than the fact that obviously like any new parent, you know, I'm exhausted, except this time, aside from being a new parent, I had two boys at home. Um, one was three at the time, one was six. So I was so thankful for my six-year-old. He helped me out so much. You know, it's little things, you guys. Hey, you know, mijo, can you get me the bottle for, for brother? Or can you get me the bottle for sister? You know, hey, you know, keep it down, okay, because brother and sister are taking naps. You know, those things that they can understand at that point, it's, it's just such a... It's just a, such a relief to have a little bit of help like that. Or, you know, you need a burp cloth, but you don't want to move the baby because, you know, the like burp, like vomit is going to go everywhere. So you tell your son, you know, hey, me, you know, go get me a burp cloth. Hurry, hurry, hurry before it falls everywhere. So all those little things really helping. So here I was at home. I had my two kiddos and my newborn. Um, so I was busy, you know, that I still had to, you know, feed them and, and wake up and, you know, make sure they were alive and well and, you know, give them, you know, some time and dedication of chit chat, you know, so I was busy. Um, after three months, I had to go back to work, which I have to say, uh, was hard. Not because going back to work before was ever hard. For some reason, I, I felt more guilty this time. Uh, having to go back to work with my baby only being three months old. Um, and I, I don't, I, to this day, I still don't understand why I'm thinking maybe, you know, I'm old. I was older that time than my first and my second. You know, I'd already had some form of a career established and going for me. Um, so I didn't have the commodity of kind of picking my own schedule the way I did before, maybe like working nights so I can be with my kids in the morning and things like that. So it was, it was a slight change for me from the last two, um, you know, 
kids I had had and, and then having to go to work, this this was a little bit different. And I and I think I maybe felt a little bit guilty. Like here I was, my third kid, and I still couldn't stay home. I wasn't there in my career level yet where I can just stay home, you know, for five, six months like I could see some women doing. Um, and, it, and it hurt. My baby was three months old and I was leaving her with a babysitter already. Like it, it hurts, you guys. Um so here I was, it's the first day back to work. Um, I was starting a new job and um, we had just recently purchased our first um, home, which was a condo, probably like eight, no, probably like 12 months before. So I'd been there like a year, but still fairly new, right? My my drive was long because I was in LA and I was driving in that 405 freaking heavy traffic freeway every day going back and forth to work. So now my routine consisted of dropping off my oldest at school, then dropping off my my three year old and my newborn at the babysitters, um, who was further down, but in between my son's school and my job. And then after that, it was driving to my job again in more traffic. So I was leaving the house probably like two hours ahead of two hours before I actually had to be at work just to get through traffic. So. If you live in L.A., you absolutely understand what I'm talking about. But if you don't live in L.A., you're probably thinking, why in the hell would you even go through something like that? Talk about a waste of time. And I couldn't agree with you more. I honestly think that the 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 biggest waste of time that L.A.ians have is the fact that we endure traffic um, going to work and coming back, at least pre-COVID. Now, Post-COVID, there is traffic, but to be honest, I don't drive to work like that no more, so I don't know what it's like. I'm assuming slightly the same, but maybe different because there are a lot of companies who are moving to remote, you know, virtual kind of environments now uh, because of coronavirus. So, I mean, I don't know anymore, but it is one of the biggest wastes of times because it mentally drains you just sitting in traffic not going nowhere, thinking to yourself, everything you could have been doing, those two hours you were just trying to get to work, and then you think, is this even worth it? I mean, there are so many things that go through your mind, you guys. Sorry, guys. I had to take a little drink of my margarita. <laughs> and so, and then I would go to work, right? After all these drop-offs, and I do the same thing. Going back home, my husband was... uh working even further than me so let's just say his drive was worse than mine but he would get out earlier so by the time I would get out he would have already picked up one of or two of the kids so we would like call each other oh you know where you at okay I'll pick up this one you you'll get those I'll see you at home kind of thing um the reason why I share all of this information though is because I felt all of these uh just milestones these these bumps these hurdles we had to go through just to go through one day of work must have really gotten to me more than I than I had let on at least maybe physically because the first day that I went back to work I was super excited even though it was bittersweet because I was also sad about leaving my baby girl um and I got home probably like around seven thirty, eight o'clock that night and I just remember feeling like like a tight chest. I could I remember feeling like my heart rate going up and 
almost like I just wanted to run and just start screaming down the street like just this uh intense feeling of panic and 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 like and anxiety and just unease where you're just like oh my god oh my god oh my god you know like just like breathing you feel like you can't take a deep breath because you're just such in this like zoned in moment of panic and anxiety and so I told my husband I said I don't feel right I'm gonna go take a shower okay I went to go take a shower and as I was standing there in the shower you know I start crying because I'm like what's wrong with me what is this I had had anxiety year like 11 years prior when I was like a a senior in high school um nothing grave but I had experienced them so I knew after like letting it sink in what it was I was really experiencing what I was experiencing um, and I was like, what's wrong with me? This isn't right. I don't get these anymore. And so I'm taking this shower and I'm crying. I'm going, you know, I'm I'm broken. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm broken. Something is wrong with me. Uh, and then I, I start praying, right? Because that's, again, you guys all know I'm religious. I love God. And so I start praying, you know, Jesus, please be with me. Please don't let me die. You know, please don't let me die. I'm I'm praying stuff like that because even though I mentally know, I know it's an anxiety attack. I, (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still praying that the worst doesn't happen. Right. So that, that's just how I am. And I'm in the shower and I'm crying and I go back out and my husband's like, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. And then I'm just like, I think so. Like, I really didn't know how to answer it. I just felt like I told him, I don't know, something's not right. I feel like something is wrong. And I don't, I'm not a superstitious person. Um, so that, that alone coming from me was already aggravating me and myself, just hearing myself say it because I'm like, that's, but that's not you. Like, snap out of it. Like, that's, like, if my soul could pop out of my body, I felt like that's what my soul was doing to me. Like, smacking me in my face, telling me, snap out of it. Snap out of it. You're fine. Don't fester on the thought. Don't let it consume you. Just let it go. Let it go. Well, um, that worked for a little bit. I would say probably like three days a little bit before, again, I started experiencing it. Um, these moments of like, I felt like I couldn't breathe short of breath, you know, like I I was, I was in a panic and I hated that it was happening again because I hated the feeling of it. So knowing it was coming on, like the feelings were coming on, freaked me out even more because I was trying to mentally stop myself from having a full on um, anxiety attack again. And so I wasn't doing a really good job. I kept experiencing them. And if if you're anybody like me, where I personally feel like I can take pain, you know, like I have a, a high pain, um, with a high pain tolerancy, you know, like with recoveries to, you know, my body and pain, like I feel like overall, I can take pain uh, fairly well compared to other women that I know. And so I have this like very strong mentality of you push forward, you push forward, you push forward. That's just how I am. And to be 
in a moment where I felt completely out of control of my own self, okay? It, it wasn't like I somebody else was controlling me. No, this was my body and I could not grasp a hold of it. Killed me because I just felt it was a sign of weakness. Now, some people may think different, but that that was my thinking. I kept telling myself, you know, you're not a weak person. Come on, don't let this take you, you know, take long, deep breaths, you know, count one, two, three in, one, two, three out, right? And I'm going through all these like exercises that had helped me, you know, back, back, back in the day. And I I was trying to like Google stuff and trying to figure out, you know, what I could do that would mentally like make me stop the attack before it actually like was a full on anxiety attack. And nothing worked. I mean, this went on for for seven to eight months, you guys. And it started when my daughter was three months. So three months, eight months later, she was almost a year old when I finally, finally started getting some relief. So imagine my eight months of going to work. And having to act like I was totally fine when I wasn't. I would literally walk outside downstairs of my building, go to a corner on the outside and just start crying because I was having an anxiety attack. And I was so embarrassed and I couldn't believe even at work it was happening to me. I I remember calling my mom at moments like that and I'm crying to her telling her, I don't know, you know why this is happening. And she would just tell me it's okay. Just take a deep breath. Stop thinking that way. You're totally fine. This is normal. She goes, just pray. I'm here for you. Just keep talking to me. You know, I'll stay on the phone with you until it it subsides. And sure enough, she did. She stayed on the phone with me. For 20 minutes, if she had to, just to talk with me or listen to me or just console me. She was always there. And I guess as a mom, that's probably one of the most, you know, things that you appreciate um, when you're older. Like when you have a really good relationship with your mama like that. You know, and if it's men, if it's your dad like that, you know, but your parent, that you can call them even as an adult, even as a mother of your own and still cry on their shoulder, even if it's over the phone, means the world. Because, you know, my husband, I could have called him. He would always answer my phone. But my husband isn't a, uh, he's not my mom. You know, I know a lot of people would be like, oh, why didn't you just call your husband? Because he didn't know how to give me what I needed. And I just needed somebody to be on the phone with me and just remind me that everything was going to be okay. To hear me cry, to walk me through it, to try to, you know, get me to think about something else by like, making me laugh or or um, changing the subject or bringing something up. You know, he just didn't know what in the heck was wrong with me. That every time I called him like that, he would freak out. 
he would start freaking out. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to leave work? You know, do you want to go to the doctors? And it was like, no, dude, I just want you to be on the phone with me. Stop freaking out because you're freaking me more out, man. Like, come on. That wasn't what I needed, you know? So that's why I just stopped calling him. I was like, no, I don't want to freak him out because he's at work. And then I just like ruined his day with my craziness. So I was just calling my mama. And let me tell you, like I said, she was there every single time I called, no matter what she was doing. It was almost like she was a doctor on call, but it was mama on call. Okay. Cause she would be in literally in the middle of a conversation. And because she had known for some time now that I was experiencing these, she'd be like, are you okay? What, what happened? And then I'd tell her and she'd be like, it's okay. And then I can hear her like kind of putting the phone down a bit and telling whoever she was with at that time, hey, I'm going to be right back. Okay, I have to take this call. And then she'd walk away like, how heartwarming. Okay. Like this is, I love my mama, you guys. I love her so much because of everything that she has done for me to be there for me. And she just knows how to make me feel better. She is my peace. So um, there was, and it was embarrassing. I'd wipe my eyes, right? And then I'd go back to work and act like nothing happened. I tried to act cheerful, like, okay, shake it off, shake it off. It passed. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. And there I was bored at my desk with no work to do, you guys. Like, no lie. When I say I was getting paid really good money to do nothing, I am not lying. And it was the worst time to just pay me good money to sit there because I was experiencing these and I needed something to take my mind off of it. That I would just sit there and go, what am I doing here? Why can't I just stay home at this point if I ain't going to do no work? Like, I can be cleaning to get my mind off of this. I can be with my kid for crying out loud and keep my mind off of this, right? And so I was just frustrated, you guys. And it was a long, long eight months. I remember telling my mom, this is never going to go away. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. That was always something I would say. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I can't, like, snap myself out of it. And um, the reason, you know, just for you guys to know why I keep saying I didn't know how to snap myself out of it was because of the fact that everybody, look, everybody has their own opinion on anxiety and depression, okay? So I'm not going to say whatever it is that you believe or how you foresee things is wrong. You know, I don't want you to think that the way I see things is right, but this is merely my perspective, right? I'm here to keep it real and talk about it. And straight up, I just do not see anxiety as something that needs to be medicated. Uh, I 100% believe that it needs, it is something that I can, um, uh, not exactly heal, but overcome by knowing and mentally telling myself that I am in control. I have the control to stop the anxiety. I have the mental control to tell myself I am okay. I have the mental, like the mental um, power to tell myself that fast heart rate is not a heart attack. Do not freak out. Take long, deep breaths in and take long, deep breaths 
out. So, you know, whether or not you share that same belief as me, but I felt and I know for a fact that I had complete control to change the narrative. But for whatever reason, I just didn't have it those eight months. I don't know if I was telling myself one thing, but still thinking about it, you know, subconsciously. My my wires were crossing mentally because I was trying to tell myself one thing and my body just wasn't, you know, registering it. I don't know what it was, but I didn't take pills. I didn't take medication. I did start taking like these um, natural teas that my stepmom's mom had recommended. She also recommended that I start taking uh, vitamin B complete, which I started doing because she said um, it actually... Uh, Re relaxed your nerves and your nerves play in part to your anxiety attack because the moment it's almost like the moment you're having an anxiety attack is that flight or fight that your body experiences and it immediate and it immediately goes into fight mode and then your nerves get all like you know hyped up and then the adrenaline kicks in and then you're having this heart heart the fast heart rate feeling like you're gonna have a heart attack in the tight chest and you know you're breathing and then even after an anxiety attack no matter like depending on how how severe it could be it's almost like um your nerves are are shaking but the crazy part is that it's on the inside like I remember feeling my nerves shaking inside of my head and it was it wasn't like a major shake it was like a tremor a mild tremor that I could feel and nobody like it wasn't like I could tell my husband hey put your hand on my head and you can feel my nerve shake and it was frustrating that I couldn't physically show him that way um, it was more of me having to tell him and me thinking like to myself, I really hope he doesn't think I'm crazy because I really feel like I can feel my nerves inside my brain shaking a little bit. It was very mild, but I felt it. And so there was just so much that comes with postpartum anxiety and it's scary. It is so scary because aside from you experiencing the attack, now you have to recover from the aftermath of the trauma you just put your body into by going into this fight or flight mode and it takes like a week just to bring your nerves back down to like in a stable a stable level I'm not even lying like and and it it, it took a lot I have to say what helped me through that was a lot of prayer like I know I say that all the time but I, I found Isaiah's 41.10 scripture, and I absolutely loved it. I felt like it meant, it, it, it just made sense for me in my postpartum anxiety time. Like, it was speaking to me. So anytime I was at work, anytime I was driving, anytime I felt that that feeling of anxiety was going on I'd immediately just start saying my Isaiah 41 10 scripture over and over and over and over and over again until the feelings or the thought of me having an anxiety attack left and I have to say that I think it worked not only because I was calling you know God into my situation and reminding myself that God was there for me and he'd always have my back but it kept my mind 
off of thinking of the anxiety attack that was coming on by saying something that was repetitive and repetitive and repetitive and I'm reading it off the screen or I'm reading it on my phone or I'm reading it on the piece of paper I had it on and I'm just reading it. So I, and I in a way, I've kind of distracted my mind away from thinking about the fact that this anxiety attack was coming on and just focusing on scripture. And so and there I was, or, or I'd go outside. I'd go outside and I start walking to the corner, you know, corner to corner at work, regardless of what I was doing. I'd go outside and I just needed fresh air. I'd walk to my car to pretend I needed to get something. I'd sit in the car, I'd take my deep breaths, I read my scripture, and then I'd walk back out and then I'd do like a few laps, like around the outside area that we had at my old building, just to get that fresh air, just to get my mind off of the fact that. I felt confined or whatever it was like it just being outside was in the fresh air. I don't know what it did. It just mentally put me in a better relaxed state. Um, And then I would try to drink some water, something cold. I don't know why cold, but cold water just kind of made me feel it kind of like cooled me off because during these moments I would feel like I would get start getting hot. Right. You know, the fast heart rate shorteneth of breath and for some reason drinking ice cold water or really cold water just made me feel a little bit more like whoo okay okay you know and and all of this all of this and then calling my mom and doing all of this it all helped and it wasn't easy it wasn't an overnight fix um but all these little things that I found worked for me mentally reminded me okay I got this you know what to do don't let it scare you and and generally the reason why I say like don't let it scare you is because the anxiety attack is pure panic you are freaking out about your fast heart rate you're freaking out about your shortness of breath you're just freaking about out about the fact that you feel like there's something wrong with you and that you're broken so getting myself into a mental state of mind and reminding myself that I was in control that nothing was wrong with me that I was gonna be okay and that was another thing I'd say to myself you're gonna be okay you've been through this before you always look back and you always tell yourself wow you know I thought I was gonna die and I didn't because you're not an anxiety attack is not mean you're going to die. It feels that way, but you're not. And so reminding myself certain things like that, like, okay, you're fine. Everything's going to be okay. Just just put me back into like the stable mindset I needed to be. And slowly, very slowly, after eight months slowly, I finally, thank God, overcame it. And it wasn't like a a quick overnight one day I had it one day I didn't kind of thing either. You know, it was a slow transition where it went from me having panic attacks every day to me having a panic attack once a week to me having one once a month to me not having one every until like every other month. And then eventually it just went away. I learned how to mentally keep my work-life balance, which was huge for me. You guys, I have to say, reminding yourself that work is just work and is not the priority of your life 
really put me at ease as well. I started putting like putting more focus into my kids, not spending so much time on my phone because you know with phone nowadays you kind of build like this rhythm without even have like realizing it of how much time you actually spend scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Facebook, Snapchat, online, Amazon, like you name it. You know, we go down this rabbit hole when we have our phones in front of us and kind of unplugging from that really helped, you know, like limiting myself. I wouldn't allow myself to get on social media before I would go to bed because then I knew I wasn't going to put it down and then I was going to go to bed late, making sure I was getting at least, you know, go to bed by 10 because I had to wake up at 5.30, making sure I didn't stay up until 12 or 1 and, you know, getting myself tired and lack of energy the next morning. So sleep was huge. You know, that work-life balance, making sure I was getting that fresh air, breath of time every day at work to go downstairs to walk around to spend time with my kids, not on my phone, like all of these things, every single thing I mentioned played so much into me finally recovering. And um, I just have to say for those women out there who who have experienced this and, and you I know you guys have because I read some of your guys' comments on Instagram like it it all sounds the same from what I went through you know and in terms of postpartum anxiety now postpartum depression like I said I don't feel I had that just because of the fact that I never felt like I wanted to hurt myself I never felt like I was unhappy with my family I never felt like I was unhappy with my newborn. I never experienced those moments where I didn't want to see my child or I didn't want to hold her, which for me, those things are depression, you know, because I have, you know, spoken to women who have experienced that. And I have to say what, in a way, I'm thankful that I only experienced anxiety because I can only imagine how if I feel my symptoms were bad, you know, how how much worse was a woman who was having negative thoughts and you're and you're mentally trying to tell yourself the same thing this isn't me why am i thinking this way you know and so for any of those women who are suffering from postpartum anxiety or depression let me tell you it is totally normal and there is nothing wrong with you okay remind yourself of that tell yourself every day how strong you are you went through labor you're alive you're taking care of your kids day in and day out I mean you're a fighter tell yourself this every single day remind yourself of your value never let anybody tell you different you're not crazy you're not broken nothing is wrong with you ladies it is just hormonal psychological but I promise you if you are mentally strong and you know you know that you're gonna be okay because you are just keep telling yourself that if you need a constant reminder look at your kids look at them and just smile because they're alive and well today because of you you've contributed to it you know if you're married it's a 50 50 but you still contributed you know so never allow the fear or the darkness or the insecurity or the feeling that you're broken or something's wrong with you do not let that side win remind yourself you're a fighter there's nothing wrong with you you can 
do it. Go outside, listen to Christian music, get your soul in a positive place, pray, you know, find a scripture that fits for you, find a song, cry. And I'm not saying don't cry either. In your shower, let it out. Let it out when you're starting to feel scared. There's nothing wrong with that. Let it out, cry, call your mama, call your confidant, just let them make you feel better so that you are reminded again and again that everything is going to be okay. And I promise you, you you take all this positivity, all this beautiful energy, and all this constant security and reminder of how valuable you are and how strong you are and how much you are needed as a mama, you can make it through. Whew. I mean, that was a little bit deep. I got lost a little bit in in whatever it in all what I was saying. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, like I say every week, you guys, I really hope that helps somebody. Um, because I really wish I would have had somebody tell me how to have overcome it. Um, it, when I I was going through it, not that it honestly makes a big difference because. You you remember, you have to mentally be the one taking control, you know, but these are all these beautiful little positive tidbits all help to plant that seed in your mind to remind you of what you need to do and to remind yourself that everything is going to be okay. Um, So if you're going through that, ladies, I'm so sorry, but I want to just tell you right now, you're not alone. There's so many women who've gone through it. You're not the only one. And um, if there's anything else that you guys feel you guys want to ask me or, you know, any advice or, you know, insight that you feel I didn't cover and you want to know, you know, just message me on Instagram. You know, I'll get back to you guys. Um, But, yeah, just talk to somebody, you know, go to that person who's going to make you feel better. Uh, all right, you guys, that's that's it for this week. I wish I could talk more, but I, I really hope that this helps somebody. You know, ladies, we're strong mamas, we're, we're fighters, and we just got to keep doing that. All right? All right, you guys, well, you guys have a blessed week. I will see y'all next week with next week's topic. Until then, DJ, drop that beat. But wait, 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 before you lose yourself in this banging beat, don't forget to go follow me at Real Talking with Little Mama on Instagram. Don't forget to follow, subscribe to this podcast, you guys, so you guys are up to date with all the latest and the greatest. Okay, let's get back.